Schwarzenegger. Did I do that right? I would. I, th- I I thought it was Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. No, no, Nager. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's hard when you're Southern and homeschooled. Okay, Arnold S is a very interesting young man. He's like 70 something now, but yes, he's a very interesting fella. I'm a huge fan. I got into him in the 90s when like I went to the drive-in with my parents. We were seeing some family film, uh, you know, of some sort. You know how drive-ins used to be where they had like one screen pointed that way and the other screen pointed the other way. I was, this is in the 80s, right? And I th- and so I turned the other way. I watched the entire other movie. Like it was Terminator 1, I think, or something at the time. And uh, I shouldn't have been watching it. It was very violent. But I got into him. And then in the 90s, he got into like Kindergarten Cop and all the family stuff. So that's when I got into him. So I've never seen Terminator. We'll never watch Terminator unless I am forced to. It does not look like my cup of tea. But when you say violent compared to today's standards or just like back then, we're like, there's a little catch up or something going on. Uh, violent in today's standards, it would be, it's like PG-13. Oh, wow. I mean, it's still pretty impressive. Yeah. I only know him from the family stuff. You know me. I still freaking love the Jingle Bell, Jingle All the Way. Everyone in the world loves T2 and like, you know, <laughs> his greatest movies ever. And you're like, I love the one with Sinbad. <laughs> now a 60 second career breakdown. Arnold Schwarzenegger, born July 30th, 1947 in Austria. He's known as the Austrian Oak in the bodybuilding world, where he dwarfed his competition. He won his first amateur Mr. Universe title in 1967. After moving to California to train and compete in bigger competitions, he won the Mr. Universe title and the professional Mr. Olympia title six years in a row before retiring. He didn't let English stop him from attempting to transition into the acting world. He started in his first film in 1970 called Hercules in New York. His first big smash would come in 1984 when he starred in The Terminator and over the next 20 years appeared in other hits like Total Recall, True Lies and becoming the biggest action star on the planet. Schwarzenegger became a U.S. citizen in 1983 and married reporter Maria Shriver in 1986. In May 2011, Schwarzenegger and Shriver announced they were getting a separation. A few days later, it was revealed that he had fathered a child with a woman who had worked in the household staff. You're not going to knock up the maid and get away with it. During the 90s, he became increasingly active in the Republican Party at both the state and national levels. And in 2003, he was elected governor of a state that he struggles to pronounce, California. Although Schwarzenegger put his movie career in hiatus to devote attention to politics, he made his way back to movies. He did a cameo in The Expendables and then researched his role as the Terminator in two consecutive movies. He is also still in fantastic shape for an old dude. Um, let's let's throw it back. Dude, you just mentioned he's 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 been around a while, born in 47. Austria? Guess who else is from Austria? Good day, mate. Sound and music people, <laughs> right? Right. You missed the Dumb and Dumber reference. <laughs> it's okay. Anywho. I don't get your references. Nobody's from Austria. Okay. The, the, and then, yeah, so he's he, he grew up, what is it, Graz, Austria? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, struggling, low income. Uh, I saw a picture of his house. Apparently, he lived uh, in a top story of like a two-story house. They didn't have running water, heat, all that stuff. And it was just him, his brother, and mom, and his father who he just loved and adored and had the very best relationship. Why does every person we profile have daddy issues? I don't know, man. I don't know what it is about. This is a completely biased statement, but why won't men just 
be a freaking good dad. Like stay in your kid's life, love your children, and don't be an asshole. Like it's not that freaking hard. Okay, but for the time, I, I, again, it's not it wasn't ex- acceptable back then. But like it's it's completely less common now than it was back then. You know, if your neighbor's doing it, then why the heck not, right? But today, dads are completely different person than they were in the in the fifties or whenever the heck this. Better was. or worse? What do you think? Uh, different, but I would say better ultimately. You think so? Why? Why are dads better now? Yeah. Uh, more just more present now in the kids' lives versus like let's just say the fifties where mm. they were at the office uh, banging secretaries the entire time, and yeah. it was more of the uh, the mom's role to take care of the household. Yeah, I can see that culturally how the shift is more like conscious and aware parents. But I mean, this dude just seems like the kind of the classic thing that you're describing right now. Just very masculine energy, very aggressive. Uh, he was a police chief, alcoholic, and I had here a one-time member of the Nazi party. Um, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but my God. Uh, but he favored Arnold's brother over Arnold. I think it was his older brother. Just kind of gave Arnold a hard time. He was never good enough. Apparently, his dad was very competitive and an uh, ice curling champion, which I have never heard of that before in my life. You ever ice curling? It's probably a Canadian Austria thing. I don't know. We don't do it you here. Heard in of the Olympics? They have it in the Olympics. Like curling. Forget the, for the, the ice part. Curling is a like sport. this. No, dude. It's like it's like a like like sweeping. Like they throw these big rocks down the the rink, and then you you sweep to to adjust the direction of the the hose. So it hockey. Yeah, yeah. He played hockey. Let's go. So this guy's name Kostov, I believe. Kostov uh, beat and intimidated Arnold. Um, he put his two brothers against each other. I mean, this was just a really, really, really toxic environment for Arnold and just ultimately, I would say, hated his dad and didn't seem like he had the best relationship with his brother either. Do you think that's one of those catalysts where it's like, I'll show you that kind of uh, you know, contributes to his his uh, momentum? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So in high school, he discovered his love for lifting. Lifting, lifting, lifting. Um, he said that he had a high pain tolerance in high school. I'm sorry. He didn't have a high... I thought he did have a high tolerance per pain, and that's why he kind of excelled at it. Well, I watched this documentary, and they said he naturally didn't, but he had to train his body to substitute uh, feeling pain and pleasure. Like, those are the same things. That was something that he developed and worked on. So, What was your favorite part of that video? You, uh, I feel gross saying it, but what was your favorite part of it? <laughs> It's a popular quote from it. What video? Never mind. It's, it's, no, it's, tell me. What is it? I'll tell you what off air. It gives me the heebie-jeebies too. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I think that, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he gets into it at the age of 15. And sort of, it reminds me of like the rock story where it's like, yes, he, he obviously likes to work out or whatever, but he's he sees that he's, his body composition is different than everyone else's. Like he's mm-hmm. naturally this giant human being. Like how do I leverage this? And how do I uh, you know go with what's working rather than what's not working? I know you're really into fitness as well. I mean, that's a huge thing in the fitness industry that people don't take, I don't think, enough account for is just natural body composition. I mean, you you totally are. But he wasn't also just into lifting. He was also into movies and spent a lot of time at the theater and uh, dreaming of America for some reason. I know you and I both read his book a long ass time ago. 
I don't really remember why he wanted to go to America so bad. Was it just like a, this is what success is, more opportunities? Do you remember what it was? I think that's the case in like a lot of cultures. Like even in, I hear like in Asia, for example, like you're more famous over there than you are here because of the sheer numbers. But for some reason, they feel like you haven't made it yet unless you've made it in America. It's just the way the entertainment industry is built in this country for some reason. It's really weird. And they get to America and they're like, oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, weightlifting, America, movies. Uh, yeah. And he was like, he was working out in the 60s and 70s is different today. Like the, the equipment's different. He had to do it like <laughs> when those old, and protein. Like he just, he, he would start his day with like a dozen eggs. And then like he, you have to eat to get the protein. Whereas today you can supplement anything. Basically. Did, I wonder how he afforded to do that because if he grew up in a, you know, tight income family or whatever, can you imagine what their food bill must be? He talks a little bit about that in the book. Like he was, he spent every spare dollar on, on food, like specifically high protein and dense food. Yeah. It was interesting. He ends up, you know, graduating and going into their military, but it said that he went AWOL only after a year so he could go into his very first body competition, which he ended up winning. He tried sneaking back into the camp of the military folks, but for some reason they were pretty pissed. I don't know why leaving the military, you know, without being told to. Uh, so they put him in jail for seven days. But after everybody learned that he won, they were like, oh, never mind. Go Arnold. What's up? What's up? And ordered him to keep working out, which he did. That's pretty awesome when like, people give you permission to work out and then they're basically funding your working out career. I guarantee you it was probably like a, you know, if they were good marketers, let me put it this way, they would have leveraged the hell out of that and be like, look what the military here produces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So he goes, he, yeah, his goal is to be like Mr. What is it? Mr. Olympia or Mr. Uh, Universe first? I don't know. Because he gives it, he, he goes for it. Like he, he inevitably wins it, but he loses the first time to the current champion who's like three years running. And so he loses and then he's like, all right, I'm going to take this seriously now. I think you have to lose at least once just to figure out what the game's about, just to have a benchmark to now I have a goal. Reading his book and I'm in a different place than I was a few years ago. I was super annoyed with him in the whole book because he was so freaking obsessed. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to dominate. And like, it wasn't like this little, oh, I'm going to learn. Just like you said, like, oh, everybody needs to learn and blah, blah, blah. He was like, screw you, asshole. You know, like he had that kind of attitude. And it really annoyed me when I read the book. I mean, now I kind of appreciate it more. But he was, I don't think he was a pretty loser. But whatever ambition that is, is is probably why he succeeds at literally everything he puts his mind to. 100%. So at the age of 19, he won second place, like you mentioned, in London. He went back and competed again at the age of 20, became the youngest Mr. Universe in history. And that record still holds true today. That's it? Yeah. Dang. Level up, America. Level up. I Any wonder if it's like also that like... I guess it can't be because it's like literally a weightlifting competition, but like sometimes the industry changes. I've had this conversation about Wayne Gretzky the other day where it's like he's got completely different out of context, but he's got the most points ever in history. And like apparently the number two guy is like still thousands of points away. Like it's just it's unbeatable goal. And I don't know if, if it's like record sales, like there's someone who broke a record for CD sales in the 90s. Like no one will ever beat it because they don't sell CDs anymore. So I don't know if it's similar to that. It's like is there maybe the age limit is now 21 to enter these competitions? I don't know. Mm, interesting. Or was he just a super phenom? 
main takeaways from childhood? What do you got? What you going to apply to your life besides don't yell at your kids? Again, that's he's developed this ambition, whether it's like just to get back at his dad, who the heck knows, but he leaned into this weightlifting thing. Most people, what, they focus on their flaws, but he seems to focus on his strengths, pun intended, and there he is, that's his weightlifting thing. And then he, <clears throat> how about you? I was going to go into that. I was going to go into something else. But I, know, I, I, for, I saw uh, that. I saw that. I saw <laughs> it was so fast. How about you? Uh, man, <laughs> one thing, one thing we'll see as we go through his career is that, and I'm sure there's many failures that we don't know about, but almost everything that he visualizes and set his mind to, he accomplishes. And I mean, even as a young boy wanting to come to America, I mean, we all know that that was the trajectory of his life. He ends up what he's accomplished here. And I've heard him say in several videos, just the impact of visualization that he's had and seeing himself there before uh, he gets there. And I mean, he started that as a young man, where the hell he learned that? I don't know. But I do want to note the whole, and I know you have some weird, awkward video that I've got to watch later, but the whole associating pain with pleasure and figuring out how to hack into that, that's pretty freaking badass. You know, I've never heard of that, but I've heard people talk about nerves to excitement yeah, and make that the that. same muscle. Yeah. Doesn't work for me. But anyways, uh, what happened in his career? So he becomes the youngest in history and he just went, goes and lays down after that. So most people, like the, he comes to America, inevitably, that's where all the, so he, he wins Mr. Olympus, he wins Mr. Universe, he becomes the biggest bodybuilding guy in the world. He, he becomes the champion at lifting things. That's basically his, um, that's not true, actually, it's a different sport altogether. Strong man versus... <laughs> from my, Is that where you sweep the, the ice across with the Yeah, he's a, he's a professional curler now. <laughs> uh, he comes... So most, there's thousands of competitors in these competitions, right? But the thing that I love about him is his entrepreneurial spirit so it's like mm. they all just want to win these competitions and win he does win and then he starts a magazine subscription he now has a mail order magazine thing for working out and this is his passive income that he's created while he's over here in america see i, I had wrote down that he, i know he got involved in real estate as well during this time so did he have two ventures going before he was even a music uh, movie star he was a multimillionaire. so he comes over he's living in america right now i guess he's trying to get some acting gigs here or there just testing the temperature of the water but he's still mr olympia he's doing his uh mail order thing so he's got some jingle in his jeans and at that time real estate was dirt cheap so he buys this apartment building for like ten thousand dollars in an undeveloped area you know it makes a little bit of cash flow he buys another one and he, he buys up a bunch in this neighborhood and then you know the market changes a couple years later they're all worth a lot <laughs> and so he's basically he does what i keep preaching about all the time <laughs> he's basically created an opportunity where he doesn't necessarily need to focus on the income so he's he's actually he doesn't need to take these dumb roles that people keep offering him like look at the if you look at a guy like that like you're going to offer him thug number 3 in some b movie like he could barely speak english at this point so like why would he why would they give him leading man roles they shouldn't but he wanted leading man roles. So he's like, I have to do this myself. He creates income. So that's out of the question. He can't be bought. And uh, he just goes for the, keeps his eyes on the prize, as they say. It's funny because I had, last night when I was going through his his work, I thought of you because I was like, this is the balanced artist. This is exactly, exactly. what Rory talks about. But it just, I guess what comes up for me, like high level philosophical stuff here, 
why the hell do so many of us just freaking struggle to like make any kind of waves with one effing thing? And this dude has like zero body fat, huge Mr. Olympian. He's dominating here. He becomes a millionaire. Then he starts landing movie roles. And I mean, I guess we could just chalk it up to all like mindset or whatever. But I mean, I'm not going to say I, I would give him the the bodybuilding stuff that that was a natural thing. But all the things that he accomplishes afterwards, the acting, the politics, et cetera, et cetera. These were skill sets. I don't know if he necessarily naturally had. He just had to become a student and learn. And for him to just dominate so freaking early, I love it. But it also is so frustrating because I'm like, what the hell? Why do more people not live life this way? But we need to focus on that one thing because we're always like, I want to do this. I want to do that and the other thing. But he wouldn't have those opportunities in movies or anything else without the weightlifting thing. Right? So you're right. That you're one right. thing before you break through that she hands wall. We talked about it in a different episode, and then all these opportunities come to him. But you're to 100%. develop the discipline and whatever it takes to to build all that muscle, like he's using these same soft skills in his movie career, his political career, whatever else he puts his mind to. Right? The plain, plain, the pain to pleasure situation where you know risking money and probably i mean i'm sure a lot of this income came from some of this stuff that he won right he reinvested that into well that's where the original 10k ventures. came from yeah he's, he's making yeah. money doing the uh what is, what's the expression if you want something done give it to a busy person like he's got the momentum yeah. like he's got that yeah. a type thing going on i'm just gonna put a little downer here i don't know if this is probably judgmental on me to say this but i, I don't feel like looking through his life a lot of the that stuff was transferred into some of the relational stuff. Um, not that I blame him at all, or I have no idea what his childhood was like, but I know in 1971, his brother was killed in a car accident. In the very next year, 1972, his uh, father, I believe, had a stroke, uh, ended up dying as well. And he didn't attend either one of those funerals. So yeah, there was obviously some still a lot of bitterness and anger there and maybe maybe we can judge here on our little microphones uh that was did, the he, use, I mean, did he use it as a catalyst like the, those he put those two on his vision board as people that he's going to spite to succeed at whatever it is and he just he did it so much he maybe he believed that they were the enemy for some reason and then why bother going to their funeral at this point do you have anything like that have you ever used like maybe not i'm not gonna go to your funeral or anything but somebody was just like you're never gonna make it blah 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 does that drive you at all or make you want to cry and eat ice cream totally so i in in you know in high school i was the weird band kid not like band band but like i was the guy the weird guy with the guitar you know what i mean it's like uh, oh just... can can i just push back on that a little bit y'all y'all were the cool people when you say band kid i'm thinking like <laughs> but you're like actually at a cool band like i did on. play clarinet for a few years but the point <laughs> but you know what i mean when anyone wants anything or they're too ambitious in high school they're a target right mm. and so oh you're gonna go to you're, you're gonna go jam after school you're gonna go you know, anyways it, it's just I was like, all right, I'll show you one day, right? It's not as extreme as, like, I would probably go to uh, their funeral. <laughs> okay. So he gets his first opportunity to act. So his first like, on-screen thing would be Pumping Iron, which is the documentary on weightlifting and stuff in 1977. But his first, like, legit movie movie would be, like, Conan the Barbarian in 1982. Mm, things I will never watch. That one was kind of funny because, like, he... He, I mean, his English is coming along, but it's still not like perfect. So they actually overdubbed his voice in that one. Yeah, this was really a frustrating time for him because his dream was to come to America and he wanted to be an actor. And obviously doors were opened up for him because of his size, 
but he wanted to act. And essentially, they just put him in these kind of dumbed down roles where they just, he said, just wanted him to grunt. And he wanted lines. But to your point earlier, I mean, he didn't know English very well. It was easy to kind of put him as just the assassin, I guess. But it was another challenge. It was another challenge. He didn't want to just stay typecast in that role. This was something else for him to uh, dominate and overcome. Well, Conan was overdubbed. And so it was, that's always cheesy to begin with, but the Terminator was actually good for him because he was supposed to play a robot. So he's not, he doesn't have to say much anyway. So he's got <laughs> Still, the side. He's he got wanted the to act. He wanted to act. He wanted to bring his humanity to the piece, man. Come on. But it all worked out. Like it's, it was a huge film. And that one was, it, it was the beginning, but like the number two was like the biggest film ever. <laughs> Actually, film of, uh, to that date. That's the one he did with uh, James Cameron, the guy from Titanic. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that the act, the director who ended up kind of betting on him and writing a role for him in, um, what was this called? Twins, 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 said that instead of Arnold being kind of poked at, and he wasn't necessarily made fun of in these movies, but again, it was it was dumbed down. He wanted to take a chance on him and write a role to actually bring him a comedic role. So he's not the object of the comedy. He actually participates in the comedy. And I didn't know that. I thought that was really interesting why he kind of shifted. And I guess I don't want to say comedies and easier Thing to get into than the drama but i think it opens the door for a lot of different angles yeah so he wanted to go from like conan and terminator into comedy which is like forget you dude like that's there's no way right so he's like all right i take zero dollars on this film just pay me a percentage of whatever it makes if it really if it, i didn't if, know if that pops. so he did that he got i don't know what the percentage was but inevitably this would become his highest grossing film of all time i mean not necessarily the film but what he made off this film created more than like all his other movies put together based on the, the licensing twins twins just because so he was the first person to do that and apparently like one of the last because uh it's not a good deal for the people funding this film well shoot fire that's gonna be my what i bring to the table in my next b film that i'm in <laughs> yeah exactly you don't have to pay me just uh uh and so yeah he takes the roles that he wants to the film was a smash like it was with danny devito and so like obviously it's it's he was huge at the time now he's like a comedian, comedian. He's a comedy Comedia. guy, and that jumps into the you know kindergarten cop and like other family oriented stuff. Speaking of family oriented, there was this little woman who kind of slippy slipped into her life, looking all cute and fiery. Maria Shriver, who was a journalist at the time, also related to the Kennedys. Y'all may have heard of them. Uh, so not only did he want to move to America, he wanted to marry royalty uh, in America. Literally. Literally. Mm -hmm. Literally. I thought it was interesting. He's like a hardcore Republican, and she obviously comes from a very uh, Democratic vibe. So I would have loved to hear those conversations. But uh, they fell in love pretty fast. They got married in 1986. And the couple announced that they're, they were going to be separated in 2011 after he became a baby daddy to the nanny. So they, he, it was a secret. So he knocked up the nanny in, I guess, the 80s or 90s. And it was a secret. He's like, don't tell anyone. You know, it's just you and I. And then this kid grows into a teenager. And I'm like, so sad. <laughs> like what the hell? Like, this looks exactly like Arnold. And he's got such distinct features that it's like, it's unmistakable. It's like, this is your kid. Uh, so the, the secret's out. I think that makes like the cheating so much freaking worse. I mean, obviously this 
freaking poor young man who I, I can't stand. People are just born into situations they can't even help. Uh, they think on, on Maria's side too. It's like you cheated how long ago? And I'm just finding out about this. Like I would want to know immediately, just so you could like move on with your life. You know, because she could have, I don't know. I mean, obviously she could have chose to stay with him, but that's way worse, I think. In the book, they allude to, I mean, the cheating wasn't good, but it's the fact that like you kept her employed in the house for 20 years, which he did on purpose because he wanted to be close to the kid and wanted to support the mom. So I get why he did it. But at the same time, it's, it's weird for Maria. Yeah. And that wasn't the only person that he cheated on. Or there was a there was another gal too who apparently wrote a tell all in her memoir. Some I think it was an actress, and he later admitted that he slept with her too. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like again, no judgment, man. Like with all of our stuff, but it's like dominating all this stuff. But I feel like the relational part was isn't <laughs> necessarily the strong suit. Anyways, she was fine. She moved on. Go Maria. Go girl. Go girl. Where are we at? Uh, now he's a movie star and he's got to figure out. He, he basically, it's like hit after hit. Total Recall, True Lies. Uh, and he's got he's now a movie star, but he wants to figure out how to become a, the biggest movie star. And so Will Smith kind of did the same thing. Like he's like, who's the top of the thing right now? He looks to Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise is doing like international press versus just American press. So then Arnold's like, that's a good idea. So now he starts doing international press. Now he's known all over the world instead of just America, kind of, you know, giving him this trajectory into world domination. I wonder, to me, this is what I, when I hear all this, I'm just hearing that you love challenges. You want to constantly have something to overcome and be, and it's never, ever, 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 ever ending. I wonder at this, I would love to talk to him now at 70 something years old and know like, was that fulfilling? Of course it's fulfilling, but like throughout the entire thing, like he, I think he's got it. His He loves to leverage mentors, right? So when he wanted to become like the weightlifting champion of the world, he looked up to like Steve Reeves. It's like, what's he doing? How do I do that? And then again, with the movie star thing, it's like, well, what is the biggest movie star now doing? Tom Cruise is going international. That's what I'm going to do. And I think if you have a blueprint and you put your energy towards whatever they're doing, at least it gives you a fighting chance as to trying to replicate their success. I'm glad you said blueprint because I heard, you know, someone say that he was just meticulous at planning. And I've mentioned earlier that he was visualizing when he was a kid and that was a practice that he put in to every single thing that he did. He knew exactly what he wanted and he planned it years and years out. I mean, if you think about not only with the bodybuilding, but then his entrepreneurial ventures and making sure that he secured income to his movie choices and figuring out how to strategically build up from there. And this is an assumption, okay? Uh, I, I may be completely off on this, but before he started getting into politics, he self-funded his own trips around the U.S. to start teaching kids in schools about fitness and started getting very, very involved. And this could be a little bit of Maria Shriver coming out because I know her family, you know, it was very, I mean, they started the Special Olympics, got him involved in that, but he started doing a lot more philanthropy type work and invested in that. And so, Again, I'm not saying he doesn't have a good heart and doesn't want to do it, but it just seems very much like Arnold-like to do all of that for a few years before announcing that he was going to run for governor of California. No, I think that was there was totally that was totally the reason. I mean, yes, you're, I think you're right. He, he, there is philanthropic stuff there, but I, it's I think that was totally associated with the campaign. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is so The Rock, man. I feel like <laughs> I literally feel like this is The Rock. You know, he has this well-liked, attractive guy who everybody knows his name. He starts talking to kids. He's the kindergarten cop. And now it's like, hey, side note, vote for me for uh, governor, uh, which he ends up winning, which is wild. This was in 2003. My God, I remember this. 2003, the governor of California, and then he goes, he did not run in for re-election in 2010. So that gave him, what, six or seven years in the mm -hmm. office? Yeah. 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 I'm really surprised he never, I, I wonder, I guess his experience there wasn't as great because just with his track record, you know, why, why didn't he try to go for president? He can't because he, he's not an American born. That's uh, right. You're Canadian and you know this better than I do. <laughs> right. I can't run for president either. <laughs> Dang it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay, but that goes. That's a good place to to transition into the next section. Like, what you know, where are they now, or what do they do afterwards? Because he kind of like the political stuff got him away from movies. He kind of after the, you know the political stuff went down, went back to movies. But at this point, he's like you know fifty or sixty plus. So it, it, the movies aren't exactly. Uh, he goes from like leading man to like side guy in stuff like the expendables and um he does a few other you know relaunches the terminator thing so i'm just that's what i'm saying i'm, I'm really wondering at, at this point in his life where just some things are just kind of naturally coming towards i don't say an end i'm sure he has a lot of life left in him but as things start slowing down is that where does he put all that competitive energy is it all spent now or how do you live a life that aggressive and competitive and then start being the side dude and not competing anymore and all that? I just wonder what that's like for him. I don't know because I'm not that age, but I imagine there is some sort of natural reprise. Like it's got a little bit of the competitiveness has to reprise. Why? Well, I don't know. It's, that's a terrible I'm Googling word. this reprise, reprise, reprieve. Sure. To cancel or postpone the punishment of someone, especially someone condemned to death. That's not the word I was thinking. No, no, no. <laughs> Reprise more like a... Reprise. Forget I even said it. The point is, he does the expendables where he's in a cast full of like 800 people with Sylvester Stallone, who only like 15 years prior was like a big uh, competitor of his. Like they were both yeah. trying to be like the number one action star in the world. And uh, I think they both achieved it at one point. They, they were both back and forth and then like somewhere in the 90s they also partnered in business they did like planet hollywood together with bruce willis uh and demi moore and i don't know they have a they have a weird relationship but inevitably how many times have i said that this episode they are both old dudes now and still killing it i'm glad they got over their little thing because rocky is life man rocky is life okay so obviously you and I are both creatives trying to push our careers forward and looking at, I don't know if I could be any more different at all than Arnold personally. I mean, obviously I'm a, um, I don't want to say I'm a weak young lady, but <laughs> my God, I just don't, I don't like naturally, you know, I'm not drawn to his brand at all. Um, but I know that there's stuff that we can learn to move our careers forward, starting with I feel like what you said earlier, and I don't remember that analogy that, that you use, but just leveraging one success upon another. We talk about that every freaking episode. I mean, I think that's huge. Like, I feel like just his entrepreneurial approach to like his entire career. Like I said at the beginning, like he, thousands of competitors do this bodybuilding thing. He's the only one that started a magazine subscription thing. 
out of it, right? Take the movies, for example. It's like every actor is taking these garbage roles just to get their foot in the door of some production company. He's saying, I don't need your dumb roles. Give me the lead role or I'm not taking it. He's just approaching it in a completely different way. And to come up with a deal like the one in Twins with the, uh, just don't pay me, just give me a licensing thing. It takes an extra chromosome of some sort to to be able to negotiate a deal like that. He knows that he's not necessarily the first pick for that role, but he's like, how do I... How do I make it work for me? And uh, and he's in there. And there's this weird stigma. It's like I we talked about earlier with like the balanced artist thing. It's just like it, his career. If you look at if he's look at Arnold's life, like most of his income is is today is it's from real estate and and that licensing deal with the movie. And it's like not a lot, not a, a smaller percentage of it is his movie stardom, right? So neither of these have to do anything with acting. So why does that mean he's not like a true artist because his income isn't coming from? His art. I don't know. It's this stigma that is all over the thing. It's like, oh, he's, he's not authentic. He's not a real artist. He's the was the biggest movie star in the world. He can't, you know, deny his success or, or how he got it. Trying to figure out the balance between being distracted with things and kind of watering down your your talent. That that's where I struggle with it because I agree with what you're saying. I um, mean, I know obviously we talk a lot about. Leveraging that one win opens up so many doors. But if you want to be really great at something, it feels like you need it's your undivided attention. And he had so many balls in different courts. No, no, um, he was just setting up systems for passive income. It's not as if he had like a part-time accounting job. It was just like yeah. here's a magazine subscription thing that pays every month passively. Yeah. It's real estate. Yeah. He just bought it once, brokered the deal. Now it's he's got tenants in there. It's all yeah. passive. So all he has to do each month is look at his books. Oh, I'm still rich. Cool. Let's get another action <laughs> Right, right. Um, anything like you would, I guess, do differently with your life after learning about this? I kind of see what you're saying with you. You get, if you have a lot of plates spinning, like I find, like even recently, like I've just, I'm overwhelmed with like these minor tasks that I just have to keep afloat. And then, you know, you cross things off the list and you feel good. You get a little dopamine rush, but then like you're avoiding the big things that are going to open up doors for new opportunities. Like, you know, you've read eat that frog, right? I'm avoiding that frog, like the plague. And I need to, uh, I need to turn that around. Yeah, totally. I think I wish I had the book in here. I was just reading this morning about, um, it's called the meaning and the making it's, it's about why we create and what motivates us as creators. And there's this whole chapter on ego and how artists who struggle with, I guess getting too romantic with stuff, uh, need to kind of, I don't want to say get egotistical, but have way, way more confidence and bet on themselves and be their, their own cheerleader. Um, and ha he said, have your own back. And I love that. I, I know that that's probably one of, one of my biggest weaknesses right now is just like massive insecurity. Um, I mean, I'm pretty secure, but Arnold had such a, resolve within himself that I am going to be the best. Right. And I want that desperately. Um, right. I don't want to be an asshole, but also too, you have to have that in order to win. I just had this conversation with my kid. We were talking about John Cena because he's in the wrestling right now. And John Cena had this quote like control the controllable. And so you don't necessarily, you can't control everything, obviously, but what's in your hands, you have absolute control over. You could, you can prepare for the consequences that are about to come, right? So he, take Arnold, for example, you can't control what casting directors are going to think of your crazy accent or whatever the heck it is, but 
he shows up as this gigantic muscly human being it's like you I'm, I'm ready to, to be the next action star you know what i mean i don't know mm-hmm. yeah failures this week where you end the show with that anything that you just really effed up that you want to just tell a whole bunch of people about i think that that exciting. was my failure this week like literally i'm just i'm in a season right now of like i my i break my year down into like we've talked about this before i think like usually it's january is when i start like really start creating and things like that now right now i'm just in the season of like i'm not releasing anything i'm just kind of just <laughs> curating i guess um just going through the motions and so i'm just i'm crossing out these dumb tasks i feel useless at the moment but i, I i'm making plans right now for for bigger things in 2023 are holidays hard for you because things do slow down uh no so it, it, holidays are like a forced slowdown. Like it's, it, it's, it's, you know what I mean? For people like mm -hmm. you and I who are just like, go, 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 go. Like holidays are a great excuse just to chill for a sec. Yeah. 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 Um, gosh, let me think of a failure this week. Oh, I know one. I had, I had this lady, um, I wrote, I sent out an email every, every week to my email list, you know how we do. And I, I've been working on asking, you know, you and I talk about that. I, I want to get better about just asking, whatever. So I wrote like in a PS asking people to do X thing for my show. And I had this lady write me back this long ass email and she was just like criticizing everything I said in the, in the email. But at the end, she was just like, leaders don't have to beg for people's support or whatever. And, and I'm paraphrasing that, but it really got to me. And I started second guessing myself of like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have asked for, you know, help in this area or whatever. And then I just had to catch myself and be like, first of all, this lady's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, anybody I follow who's made it or does anything is constantly asking for support and marketing and asking. And it all comes from a place of good intention. And that's the only thing that I control. But I've been spending years where I don't ask for help and I don't market my stuff. You know where it's gotten me? You see, right? And so I've been really working on being more intentional with that. But I guess it's not a failure. I just really got aware that she... Because it kind of... I want to say it ruined my night, but I just kept second guessing myself over and over again. And I was like... The next, the next email, I, I put another ask in there. Well, I don't think I, there's two schools of thought. I mean, I don't think either of them are right or wrong, but it's, yeah, you want to be as prepared as possible. And the best way to determine if you're on the right path is ask everyone's opinion and then just use that as to help gauge the direction you want to go. But the other way is just to release things and then wait for the feedback, like wait for the public to decide if this is the right thing to do or not. So one's more prepared. But the other one's kind of like, F you, I'm just going to, I'm just a content creator. I'm going to just keep churning out this stuff. <laughs> the algorithm will determine whether it's good or not. Totally, know. totally. But we have to, we have to market stuff. And I'm not naturally good at that because I don't want to come across in a certain way. I want to control how I come across to you. And I can't, I can't do that. You're going to take... Heather for how you perceive Heather. And I've been just so crippled 
by that my entire life of like, how do you perceive me versus like me living with integrity of like what feels right and good to me. And I'm not saying like go out there and just like be some sales mongrel and who cares how people feel. But I go on the other extreme where it's like I won't promote anything because I'm terrified that I'm going to come across a certain way. And I think that woman was just like, it was kind of like a manifestation of my own fear. And I needed that so bad because I, I learned that I freaking survived. I survived after it. And, and I know deep down she wasn't right. You're right. I, I feel the same way you do. It's, it, it, is, it makes you feel gross, but I feel like sometimes success creates more of the marketing in itself. Like I'll take my, my music days. It's like, I, I'd be like, listen to my song, listen to my song. No one would listen. But then like the song would, you know, start charting well. And then it's like, oh, you, you, let's listen to this song. You know what I mean? Are you so saying it, this woman's right? <laughs> I'm just saying, no, not at all. Because I, 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 I see where you're... <laughs> it was you, wasn't it? It was you in disguise. You're like sitting there trolling me under a name. Listen, whatever she put you through and whatever <laughs> self-doubt you have is led us to you talking to me today. So I'm grateful for whatever weird uh, thing that you have going on. Whatever, Pauline. I know it was you, asshole. <laughs> Pauline from Canada. You know Arnold marketed it himself. You know he didn't mind. I he went up and so. asked for what he wanted. Exactly. Back in the... He's put out ads and magazines and everything back in the day. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to Celebrity Self-Help. Please leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think about the show. And we're also on Instagram at Celeb Self-Help. You can always send us a message and let us know who we should cover next.